Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. I have a really fun topic to talk about today, and we're talking about self-sabotage. So I don't know if you're familiar with this concept, but I learned this a few years ago, and wow, it has revolutionized my personal life and my productivity, and I can't wait to share some of these insights with you. Because here's the deal. When we are approaching our promised land or our breakthrough or our next level of revelation or whatever you want to call leveling up in life, we have this window of time where we, as your own self, has the power to sabotage everything you've been praying for, everything you've been hoping for. And today's episode is all about why we do that and how we can not do that. So let's dig in. Self-sabotage is essentially the idea that you are tanking yourself, that no one else is coming to sabotage what you're wanting to do. It's not the enemy. It's not spiritual warfare. It's not God closing a door for you. It's literally you yourself crumbling under the pressure or the fear or the anxiety of what is to come most often when what's coming is exactly what you've been hoping for. Now, This might be a little bit uncomfortable for us to think about, but I'm telling you guys, this is a real thing. I've experienced this in my life so many times, and when I started seeing this pattern, I almost wanted to puke and celebrate simultaneously. I know that's super weird, but here's the deal. I was sitting there and I was like, when I had this insight to myself and I thought, wow, I am my biggest enemy. It's not the devil. I mean, sure, he, you know, is a big enemy, but really it's me. It's what's going on inside of my heart and my own issues and my own perception that has the biggest threat against my life moving forward with Jesus. So how do you navigate that? I want to talk about a couple of ways that we self-sabotage. And the first one is fear. All right. Now fear, I know we have like a baseline understanding of what fear is, but there are so many nuanced fears. It's unbelievable. I want to talk about three of them today. And these are fears that maybe some of them you've never considered before. The first one is this. Did you know fear of success is a real thing? Fear of succeeding. I think when we are dreaming and we're daydreaming about our best life and we're thinking about how we want to conquer the world, if that's your personality type and you're thinking about, you know, you're dreaming of what is your best life in the dreaming stage, it doesn't feel fearful. It feels like a desire, right? It feels like I want that. I want that right now. But when you start moving closer to that, wow, then there becomes a real thing of fear that comes up. I can't tell you how many people I know who are business people who have been pursuing the next level of income for their job. They've been looking for bigger clients. They've been pursuing bigger contracts, etc. And when it comes time, this fear creeps in. And typically it sounds something like this. Would I or am I the type of person who can handle more money? What is that fear really coming from? It's fear of being successful. 
I remember listening to a business coach talk about this about a year and a half ago. And I was so taken back by her insight into this. And she said when she was working her business and she was stepping up into another category of growth for the business and she was getting a business counselor. Did you know that was a thing? There's like people who specialize in counseling for business owners that's related to how your business affects you. That alone should tell you if you have business owners in your life that they need your prayers because being a business owner affects you. That's a side note. All right. So in this story, she's talking to her counselor and the counselor started talking to her and said, why do you feel like you're not worthy of success? Whoa. And they started exploring this together. Why do you feel like God would not want you to be successful? Another great thought provoking question, right? And so what happened was this fear emerged of this fear of success. And when that fear would present itself, what I mean by that is you feel it, right? And you feel it in your mind and in your thoughts and in your soul a little bit, like you start to feel panic maybe. When you start to feel that fear of being successful, then you have a couple of options of how you're going to handle it. And a lot of us have this routine programming deep inside of us where we move from fear into self-sabotage because what we have right now is comfortable to us. What we have right now is the comfortable place where we don't have to change. We don't have to think it's, we're sort of on autopilot and how we live our life. And if we were to become more successful, then we have to learn a new way of thinking, being, and doing. And so our self-sabotage kicks in to keep us in the comfort zone. Think about that for just a second. Your self-sabotage is working to keep you in the comfort zone while God is working to bring you out of your comfort zone. You know that verse in Ephesians that talks about how we go from glory to glory to glory? I think that's such a beautiful verse that has many applications, one of which is the way that we are transformed as we follow Jesus. It's sort of like year by year, we will become more glorious in his sight. We will become more sanctified, etc. We go from glory to glory to glory, and it's God leading us from what we have now to what he wants to entrust us with. That also includes, especially for a lot of you listening, a greater measure of success. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity. Like the prosperity gospel is flawed because essentially it says you're not loved by God unless you drive like a Rolls Royce or something like that, right? That's garbage thinking. But it's also garbage thinking to think that God wants all people on the earth to be poor and to be bad at their jobs. Think about it. God can do more with you having success and influence than he can with you taking a vow of poverty, living in obscurity all the days of your life. The difference and the, the, the pitfall of this is when we chase those things to get God's approval, when we chase those things to try to earn God's affection or favor, that's where it becomes a problem. But when God leads you from glory to glory, one of the things he's doing is what he does, what he talks about in the parable of the talents, where he's entrusting you with some, teaching you how to manage the sum, and then he wants to give you more. That's how the kingdom works. Whether it's love, he gives you a little bit of love, he wants you to use it, and then he wants to give you more. It could be mercy. It could be a gifting for like healing or miracles. It could be discernment. It could be, you know, the way that you disciple people. It could be as a pastor of a small group. I don't know, but whatever it is that he's put into your hands, he wants to grow that in you as long as you're willing to work with him. So when I'm talking about success, I'm not talking about fame or stardom or anything like that. I'm talking about you becoming an expert in your field, even if your field is auto parts, even if your field is people, 
even if your field is counseling. I don't know what it is, but what you have right now is not supposed to be the entirety of what you have your entire life. Okay. He wants to grow you, but you have to catch in yourself just like I do when the fear of success causes us to self-sabotage. It's an interesting concept. I hope this isn't the first time you've heard of it, but if it is, it might take you a little bit of time to wrap your mind around it. The second fear that comes up in this is the fear of failure. Now, this is one we might be a little bit more familiar with, right? Because the fear of failure is something we kind of talk about. And especially if you're in a faith-filled culture or a faith-filled church that's stepping out to see God do things and praying big prayers, et cetera. And in that, there is this feeling of failure that's always sort of there on the table. But when we feel like we're about to fail, we can cut ourselves off at the knees so we don't even try. I mean, if we don't have to try, then we don't have to fail. And if we don't have to fail, then everything we're afraid of isn't going to happen. So that makes sense, right? But guys, it's in the failure that you find out the kingdom is actually win-win. It's not win or lose. In the kingdom of God, you're always winning because even when you're failing, you're winning. Even when you're failing, you're learning. You're getting revelation from the Lord. You're discovering a side of God that only the failures get to experience. And I don't mean that as cheeky. I mean that in all honesty. For some of you, you get to experience something of God, of what it looks like to know the God of the 100th chance, of the 200th chance, because he never gives up on you that other people don't get to experience, right? So in the kingdom of God, everything is win-win. And because of that, fear of failure just has no place in you. Okay, so we can have the fear of success that can lead us to self-sabotage, the fear of failure that can as well. And this one is interesting, the fear of change. Fear of change. Like I said a few minutes ago, when we are moving into a new level of success in our life, whether it's notoriety or, you know, gaining knowledge and becoming more of an expert in your field, etc., things are going to change, guys. When you grow into a new place as a business, things change. Organizations are designed through different stages. At least they are whether you can see that or not. When you're in the infancy stage of an organization, Things work to a certain degree, but as soon as you're up off your feet and you're in the early adolescent phase of an organization, what worked for you in infancy will not work for you then. There's a great book called Predictable Success by a guy named Les McEwen, who he talks a lot about this. He has helped start over 200 businesses in his career. And over his time, he began to see these patterns of what all businesses would go through, this growth pattern. And every time they would grow from the beginning stage into getting some more traction and more awareness in their community, it was like he called it whitewater because it was like chaos would break out because new systems had to be formed and change had to happen. I think some of us subconsciously know that if we're going to move forward, if we're going to become more of our best self, if we're going to perfect the art of being you, then in doing that, some things are going to have to change. And when we sense the change coming, we self-sabotage. Why? Because if we don't have to change, then we don't have to deal with what would change when we change. That sounds a bit like a fortune cookie, but you know what I mean. So we self-sabotage. That's one of the ways that we deal with these fears. But how do we actually self-sabotage? Like what's happening when we do that? I've got a couple different categories for you. The first one is we can self-sabotage with food. 
We can go way off into comforting ourselves with food. I heard a counselor say to me forever ago, actually, I think it was an article from a counselor that I read that was saying that the bulk of addictions revolve around the mouth because the mouth is essentially the center of comfort. Think about it. When you're a baby, you suck on things to comfort yourself, right? That's why pacifiers work. When you grow up, you, you know, learn that to comfort yourself, you put something into your mouth. So for a lot of people, that's food. For some people, it's cigarettes, tobacco, alcohol, um, you know, drugs, whatever. But typically the things we become addicted to go through our mouth. Isn't that interesting? So food is one of the ways that we self-sabotage. We can be doing really good at whatever you're trying to accomplish with your health goals. And then you sense the fear of success. Like you sense success coming and that fear comes up or you sense change and the fear comes up or you sense that you're going to blow it and you're going to fail and the fear comes up. And then you go to comfort yourself through food. And some of us, I think, unknowingly make choices to overeat or eat really bad things to tank our energy levels so that then we feel like a slob or we feel like a sloth, you know, and we have no energy and then we stay up later than we should and then we have a hard time waking up earlier and then all the momentum that you were building has been dissipated simply because of food. Isn't that interesting? So that's one of the ways that we self-sabotage. Our energy is another one. I just mentioned this briefly, but you know, when you're sensing success coming or you're sensing change coming and you're feeling afraid, how many of you guys stay up extra late to binge watch a few more episodes of an old season of a show you love? This is something that I find myself doing sometimes when I can feel my life being a little bit off balance, whether that's a good thing because growth is happening or a bad thing because warfare is happening or whatnot or I'm changing, or I'm just not doing well, whatever the case may be, it is really hard for me to stick to a bedtime that lets me wake up in the morning and feel refreshed. It's a form of self-sabotage, guys. We don't manage our energy well. We let ourselves sleep in too late, and then we feel off the whole day, or vice versa. We force ourselves to wake up so early that we're not at our best throughout the day. The other category of self-sabotage is time management. We let ourselves just start being later and later to things each day. And then again, what you're sensing here and what you're catching onto is the pattern of your routine that brought you to the place of potential success being broken down. The routine that you've set into place, the habits that you've been building into your life. Now all of a sudden you're veering away from them and it's crumbling at the seams, all the structure you've built that was bringing about the success or the change or the future that you were looking for. And that is itself a form of self-sabotage. Again, we could talk about scheduling in that way as well. How you schedule your day, you know, pushing things off and procrastination. Guys, procrastination is one of the biggest ways we self-sabotage. Maybe it's because you feel like you've been doing good for so long that what's, you know, what's a little procrastination, but a little bit leads to a lot. And the next thing you know, everything you are working towards is now going to take longer to be achieved because of self-sabotage. The last category I want to talk about of how we do this, this one is really interesting to me. And it's when we provoke fights with people. Now, maybe you're not a fighter, and I don't really want to admit that I'm a fighter, but I kind of am. I go through days where it's like, because I'm an Enneagram 7 with an 8 wing at times, and so what that means is I like to be blunt at times. It's not like I like to do it to hurt people. It's just I don't have much of a filter to catch me until after the words have come out of my mouth and I hear them through my ears. It's an unfortunate setting in certain cases, but there are moments where I like to provoke fights, especially with my husband. And in doing that, what I'm doing is self-sabotage, guys. 
if we're doing really well as a couple and we've been working at, you know, making time for each other and valuing each other's differences and all the things you're supposed to do as a married couple that bring about a healthy marriage. And then it's like things are going well and you're at that precipice point where you think you're about to move into a category of marriage you weren't ever sure you could get to. I don't know, like, you know, a breakthrough and how long it's been since your last argument or whatnot. And then it's like, I want to pick a fight. I don't know why. It just feels like it's been a while since we've had a fight and it feels good to do that. Why? It's so dumb. It's because it's self-sabotage. Things are going to change if you grow to a new level. Things are going to change. They're going to have to change. And sometimes that's scary. So I want you to look at your life like an emotional bank account. You may have heard this analogy before. It's particularly relevant to relationships. It's the idea that, especially in a marriage, you have an emotional bank account between the two of you. And so you each need to be making deposits into that account. What that looks like is when I say, I love you, when I serve you in ways that, um, that I know are a blessing to you. Like for me in my house, you know, if I take out the trash and I don't leave it for my husband, that's a way I can be a blessing to him. If I make sure to have the lasagna that he likes in the freezer so that when we have a night where we don't have, um, like a set meal plan, then he's got something he really likes to eat. Those types of things are me depositing into our emotional bank account and vice versa. And so then when you have an argument or a disagreement or you're just at odds with each other or you see life differently, those become like the withdrawals, right? So they tax the account. They put a, a they put a need onto the account. And if there's stuff in there, then the withdrawal doesn't feel as severe. But when you're not putting stuff in, then when the withdrawal happens, you can actually feel the depletion of that. And, you know, for lack of taking this analogy way too far, then you can get into like the overdraft fines and that kind of stuff where now you're actually causing additional damage to your relationship because there wasn't much in the account to start with. Now, I want you to think about your own self like an emotional bank account, how you treat yourself how you treat yourself and how God is leading you through your life and the things he's calling you to, all of these things are like an emotional bank account. So when you get a dream from the Lord, it's like a deposit into that account. When you get a dream from God and you get confirmation, again, another deposit. When you make steps to fulfill that dream, when you set up that LLC, when you buy that website domain, when you make the Facebook page, whatever, you're making deposits into this account for yourself that's saying, this account is designed for me to honor who God has made me to be and the things he's putting in my heart to do. When we self-sabotage, we make huge withdrawals on that account. If we're not careful, we can end up sabotaging that account altogether and having to shut it down because the withdrawals were so weighty. So here's my encouragement to you. Don't self-sabotage. Now, if it was just that simple, wouldn't that be amazing, right? But what I mean is begin to catch when you're doing this and take it one step at a time. So begin to catch when you're self-sabotaging and then just acknowledge it, call it out. Even if you like reach for that bag of cookies because it's been a really horrible day and you're like, you know, I'm choosing to comfort myself through these cookies. Thank you, Jesus, for inventing them. At least you're acknowledging it, right? You're taking a step to say, this is no longer a subconscious thing that's blind to me. This is front and center and I'm aware of what I'm doing. I'm telling you, if you will start to acknowledge it like that, it will become less enjoyable. And as it becomes less enjoyable, you'll begin to see the ways you're self-sabotaging. And then you're going to come to this point. It's like a chicken line, right? You're going to come to this point where you're standing at success and you're looking at it or you're standing at the changes that you're going to have to make. 
and you choose to walk over that line of fear and you step into a new place of life with Jesus that is so good, that defies your expectations, that feels so fulfilling to you, that feels so peaceful because you're right where God wants you to be. And then you get to do it again, right? Because that's the pattern of life. So if you can figure out how not to self-sabotage, who friend, you are going to be well on your way to your best life with Jesus. All right. I hope this was helpful for you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wartman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.